Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 47 for Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome to my new listeners. My new, 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 new listeners. Uh, I, uh, I was sort of, I'm, I'm trying to, to get more involved with uh, Snapchat and Instagram and all those, you know, live things and add to your day and all that fun stuff. Um, and so I'm half, you know, trying to read my notes, half trying to mug to this camera, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I'm just learning. I'm just getting my feet wet, trying to make uh, my social media postings just a little more interesting than the ones currently. Um, but welcome to you guys. Happy Easter. Hey, how was your Easter? Did you guys have a good Easter weekend? Do you celebrate Easter? I don't really celebrate it, but I do kind of get roped into some Easter type stuff now and again. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you guys all about what I did for Easter. You know, I saw some movies this last week, uh, you know, watching some shows, reading some books, Saw some loved ones, you know, uh, all sorts of things to talk about. I did more tastings and I, uh, you know, I, I got all sorts of personal stuff underway. You know, at the end of the show, I'll read your emails. we got so much to talk about this week. Um, it started off right after the last recording of, you know, for episode 46, I, uh, I went to, uh, the Ottawa senators game and, uh, we went to hang out. It was myself, Jason, Noreen, and Colin. And, uh, we went to the, uh, Labatt box at the, uh, Canadian tire center. And it was rainy. It was a terrible day outside, but we got to, uh, the Canadian tire center relatively quick considering, but then again, the senators are, are losing so often and so much that I don't really think many people are going. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I could care less about, uh, about hockey and many sports for that matter. I used to be such, so into hockey and football when I was younger and, uh, I, even the year before I started stand up comedy, I actually had season tickets to the Ottawa senators. I was, uh, working for a telecom company. I had more money than I knew what to do with. And that's not, you know, I'm not bragging. I didn't have yacht money. You know, I didn't have, you know, kill a hooker and, and never have to worry about it kind of money. Uh, but, uh, I, I what I'm trying to say is I had more money than my bills added up to, and I was looking to, uh, you know, to, to, to get something. And I think I, I had gone to a couple sense games. I enjoyed it. And I thought I'd look into what the cost of season tickets were. And, and it was within, uh, you know, the realm that I could afford. So I ended up doing that. Uh, the next year I started stand up comedy and, uh, I couldn't give my season tickets away. You know, I kept trying to sell them for face value. I think it was like 40 bucks for the pair, right? So that's $20 a ticket. You find and someone else who wants to spend 20 bucks, go see the game. My seats were also on the center ice line. They were up in the 300 section, but they were right like directly on the center ice line, uh, facing the benches. So you could see all the changes and everything like that. Uh, a, a lot of listeners, uh, friends of mine have, have likely gone with me to a game back when I had seen season tickets. So, um, you know, and if you, you browse through my old Facebook pictures, you'll see some, some shots of us at the games and, and views from my seats. So eh, fuck it. If I think of it later on, maybe I'll, uh, I'll make a little note here to, uh, put up on Instagram what my seats looked like. So put hockey seats. Here we go. Put little notes here to myself. Put, 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 put hockey seat <laughs> picks up. There you go on IG Instagram. I won't know what IG is in an hour from now. That's how uh, absent-minded I are. So, um, 
yeah, so we went to the Sens game, but this time, you know, like I said, I, I had no interest in the game. I, I think they were playing the Islanders. Like, I don't even remember what team they were playing, but I'm pretty sure it was the Islanders. Um, but the idea was we got invited to uh, sit in the Labatt box. So the uh, the beer company there, thank you very much to Labatt and to Rudy for inviting us, the, uh, the rep. Um, yeah, we basically sat and drank for free in the box and, uh, you know, had some food and stuff like that. And we're, uh, we were right down at the hundred level. So we, uh, we got a pretty good view of the, uh, the game, but again, that wasn't even the best part. The best part was free beer, hanging out, shooting the shit with friends. And, uh, and I think once the game was over, we sat there for like 30 minutes afterwards, waiting for the place to clear out. And again, just shooting the shit, having our drinks. And then we took uh, an Uber, Uber back to the house. And I, I can't even remember after that. I think we may have just played some card games or something like that and, uh, and hit the old sack. I think, uh, Kamar was up too when we got home. So anyways, uh, great time. Great time. Like I said, just more fun telling stories, things like that. Not really even about the hockey game. Like I said, for me, it was more like, all right, we're going to go and drink for free and, and have some laughs. Cool. So, uh, we did that. Um, I think I'm trying to remember. It's not been a crazy like it didn't feel like a crazy week. I'll be honest with you guys. It's, it's gone by so fast. I'm surprised. It felt really soon to be sitting down and, and talking with you again. That's how quickly the last week went on, uh, on Wednesday night. I actually went with, um, I invited my, uh, my mom and a friend of hers from work, Manny to, uh, to go see ready player one. Chris wrote in an email last week about the book version of ready player one. And I just happened to notice that it was coming out. And for some reason came out on Wednesday um, at least there was tickets available for it on Wednesday. So, uh, we purchased those. We went to go have dinner at a wonderful, wonderful vegetarian, uh, slash vegan restaurant called the table here in Ottawa. And I'd love, honestly, excuse me. It's been a long day. I'll, I'll get to that. But, um, it's, uh, it's a great restaurant. It's one of those places where, you know, it's, it's all vegetarian, uh, or vegan and, you weigh the food. So the idea is, you know, you fill your plate and then you pay by the weight. So to be honest with you, to, to have, um, you know, a regular size portion, you get another, the restaurant kind of thing for, for a meal, it's going to set you back, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 bucks. So I'd, I'd eat there more often. Um, if I could afford to just, you know, spend that on a, a plate of veggies, but, but that everything is done up so well, it's done up in nice, like curry sauces and stews and things like that. Like the meals are very, very well prepared. The, the items on the menu, I should say, but, um, but it's just, it's expensive. So I, I don't go there as often as I'd like to, but I had a wonderful, super healthy meal, uh, prior to the movie we all did, of course. And then we went to go see ready player one. And what can I say about ready player one? Um, Chris's, uh, write up of the book last week was great. Um, it, it definitely was the same storyline in the, uh, in the movie. I had to say, you go see ready player one guys within the first like five to 10 minutes. There's so many visuals. You're like, wow, this is going to be amazing. The movie was written, uh, sorry, directed, I apologize by Steven Spielberg. And like I said, it's been a while since Steven Spielberg has actually directed a movie. He's usually like, you know, a, uh, what is it? Executive producer on movies, but, uh, but he took the helm for this one and, uh, it's a lot of CGI, which may have been the reason that he decided to do it because the, you know, doesn't have to show up on location for a whole heck of a lot because there really wasn't a whole lot of scenes in reality. Most of them took place in the uh, virtual reality world of the Oasis. So a lot of CGI stuff that I would imagine he can probably sit at home and then get an email every now and again to go watch this clip. What do you think? Do you like what you see? Eh, change it. But uh, anyways, um, I, I was really heavily um, involved and excited 
uh, in the first few minutes because they were just, you know, they explained very, very quickly, um, that, uh, you know, everyone's trying to find this Easter egg hidden within the game. You know, it's not a spoiler. This is, this is right in the commercials and the trailers. So everyone, but apparently this is information that people found out, you know, a few years ago and everybody is just kind of, you know, hanging out in this oasis and, you know, people tried to find it, but no one's even found one key. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, is it, is it, is it even a real thing? Is it fake? Like there's one company that effectively hires people and trains people specifically to find these, these keys or whatever. It's like, there's like three keys that lead to an Easter egg. You know, if you get the Easter egg, you inherit the oasis and a shitload of money. Um, so, you know, very early on in the movie, you know, there's this race. Everyone has figured out that this particular race, if you win it, there's a, there's a key at the end of it, but everyone just keeps trying to do it and, uh, and doesn't succeed very much. So at the beginning of the, the trailers where you see a lot of racing cars, whatever, they're all, all those little clips that they show with the heavy, heavy racing is all pertaining to this particular race. Um, so for what it's worth, there's a lot of exciting stuff in the movie that's not wasted on the trailer. I find a lot of movies, just about every big scene that you you see in the trailers is pretty much in the movie and there's not a lot of surprises. This one had a lot of surprises. However, I will say that, um, I, I didn't, the, the special effects were good and everything like that. I just never really got into it. Um, it felt really special effects. See, but when you break down the story and sort of the things that were going on, I found it to be, um, just light. It wasn't bad, not bad at all. It, I just found it to be more, um, cameos and excuses to drop in pop culture shit than actual substance to a story. It's great when a movie can, can, you know, uh, reference a lot of really cool things and it still ends up being really cool at the same time. Um, that's, that's a great flick, but this one was kind of like, Hey, we're just referencing a lot of things, but nothing really, um, the story I found it to be your classic good versus evil and, um, you know, love story kind of thing. It really didn't, uh, didn't go deep. It didn't, it didn't do anything new. And to be honest with you, um, obviously they're going through this, trying to solve the egg stuff. I found that the clues and everything like that didn't even seem to be something like with how much emphasis they put on that the entire world is trying to find these keys and that there's this big evil company that's literally training people and all their whole business, the whole business of this company is to find, you know, these keys, train employees that play on behalf of this company to try to find these keys on behalf of this company. Um, the the clues and how everything turned out was just really like that was particularly easy like almost some of the riddles and stuff were like literal trends like if you just took them literally and translate them you're like that's a pretty obvious clue for five years of several hundred employees trying to trying to crack this code or whatever regardless it's a fun uh it's a fun movie just um i would say go go to it expecting to see really good um, action and special effects, you won't be disappointed. Um, the thing with Steven Spielberg is that they typically has very good stories and good special effects. I would say this one, not so much. This one's don't, don't get excited for a good story. Get excited for, you know, adventure, but you know, um, when they start going into the narratives, you can, you can space out. That's a good, you know what? That's a good time to go to the bathroom. I was sitting there like, I don't want to be, excuse me, geez. Had like a hiccup burp thing happened there. I, I went into it just, you know, don't, I don't, don't get too excited. I didn't want to go to the bathroom. Let's put it this way. I didn't want to go to the bathroom because I was worried I would miss something pivotal to the plot. And then I, I did go once or twice and and then come back and, and my mom was like, uh, they just said this. And I was like, really? That's it? She's like, yeah, it's really, that's all that happened. I was like, oh, okay. 
So any, anywho, I'm not trying to run it down. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. <laughs> go, go see Ready Player One. You very likely will not be disappointed. But uh, if, you know, if you're like, I got to do the IMAX experience, like I said, the first, the first like five to 10 minutes, you get some visuals. You're like, this movie's going to be crazy. And then it just, it just sort of tapers off. It's still fun and exciting, but it does, uh, it does taper off. And um, you're left at times just going, what, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, I guess like, you know, what you would expect to be a big climax to end really doesn't ever happen. But regardless, I, uh, I had fun and I would imagine you will too. So ready player one, uh, the movie, I would love to know, Chris, uh, I, I messaged Chris right away and, and, you know, told him I got my tickets and everything like that. So I would be really excited to know, uh, if, if the movie lived up to the book as, as I have not read the book, but you have Chris. So, uh, let me know if the two of them are even comparable or if it was, uh, despite the fact it being fun, a horrible abortion. Uh, I'll give you a small example, even though it's not an action movie. I was a, a really big fan. I read the book, the green mile by Stephen King and, um, I remember seeing the movie the movie was sad. The movie had a lot of things in it, but, um, let's, let's, uh, you know what? Here, here's something fun. Let's, let's do a spoiler alert. I don't know how long I'm going to talk about this, but I'll try to make it, you know, a minute or two, just as a small example, but just, just to give an example, the movie, the green mile was good. A lot of people saw it. They thought it was a great story. And, um, yeah, and it wasn't bad. It was still very sad. It was a Stephen King movie that didn't end up being complete shit, right? Lots have come since, but that book was way better than the movie, which is said by everyone who's read a, mo a book versus a movie. But one of the things that was really good about the book that for some reason they really just shit on in the movie, they really did a terrible job of adapting was if you've ever seen the movie, the green mile, the big character, John coffee, um, who is ultimately spoiler alert, innocent of the crimes that he's being accused of and, and convicted of while he's on the green mile. Green mile is a, is death row. And uh, the book was more about the green mile than the actual character, right? But the movie, the way they set it up, it seemed like it was all about this one character and then there was just other people around it. The, when Stephen King wrote the story of the green mile, it really was more about the mile itself in the sense that it was that the guards who were working there, the different people who would come and go from that and, and you know, what you knew about them and what it was like to get to know someone. And then they're, you know, on death row, they're going to die working with the other people there. It was uh, it was a really good story. And, uh, and John Coffey just happened to be one of the guys who came in there and it was, you know, his, his being there ultimately changed how they felt about it. But regardless in the book, um, all the guards sort of really have their doubts as to John Coffey's guilt in the movie. Um, John Coffey touches Tom Hanks's character and like sends these like big bright light visions into him of who the guilty party is. And I won't, I won't ruin that, but he sends these, these visions into his head just by touching him of what happened. And that's how Tom Hanks's character learns that, Oh, Oh, you're not guilty. And, and the character himself doesn't even want to be released from, from death row. He just lets Tom Hanks's character know how, you know, that he's innocent, but it's through visions. It's through like through touching him in visions. Now my brain would go just, and it's just me. I overthink everything, but my brain would go, Hey, if you could send visions into my head, couldn't you theoretically send deceitful visions into my head to make me think I just had a vision that you're innocent, you know? Um, so it seemed kind of, it was a really like sweep it under the rug way for them to just be like, Oh, look, he's innocent. Cause in the book, 
and I, re- I realized this might've taken five more minutes of scenes, but in the book, um, Tom Hanks actually goes out, uh, because he, he just doesn't believe the guilt of the characters too gentle, too kind. He actually goes out to the area where, where his crimes were committed. He basically these these two little girls that, um, John Coffey's character was found, you know, he's holding these two dead girls. Um, and, uh, I think in the movie he says, I tried to take it back, but it was too late. Um, he, he talks to the parents, he talks to the farm guys that hired him and all these things, like he actually found through a series of uh, evidence that John Coffey was guilty. He didn't need John Coffey to tell him. Um, in fact, John Coffey never tried to tell him that he was innocent the whole time. He, well, he wanted to be on the green mile. He wanted to, to, to be killed. And he explains again, without spoiling anything, he explains why, but, um, it, it was, I found it to be a really big part of the story. So watching the movie, as much as everyone loved the movie and thought, Hey, it was great. Um, in the book, he was innocent and, and just a little bit of basic detective work, um, you know, proved that he was innocent for just a small example. Um, they said that John Coffey snuck onto the farm where these little girls worked and he, uh, opened his lunch. And this was way back in the day, right? So the lunches were tied up with like butcher strings. So he opened his lunch, took sausages out of his lunch and fed them to the dogs that were, that you know, so they wouldn't bark or attack him. And then when the dogs were eating, he broke the dog's necks and then, you know, tied his lunch back up and went in and stole these little girls. Well, when they, when they found John coffee, you know, like I said, his lunch was tied up with them and everything like that. Um, but, but the guy couldn't even tie a shoe. You know what I mean? So they were saying that like, oh, he must've, they found him with a lunch on him and said he must've killed the dogs by taking the, the sausages out of the, the lunch. But the idea is he didn't, he didn't even know how to tie his shoe. So he couldn't have un- untied his lunch, given it to them and then tied it back up. He didn't know how. So just little things like that. It was some simple detective work talking about who else they'd hired on the farm. Turns out they'd hired someone else who ended up on death row for murder, blah, 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 blah. It all makes sense, you know, in the book, but uh, a very long <laughs> explanation just to say that sometimes you can have a movie that looks like it's good, but when you talk to someone who's read the book or, or just even know the the story that it was based on, you go, wow, there's a lot more in that story um, than they ended up putting in there. The the gunslinger that they just did or the dark towers, the movie's called that. You've heard me say that before. That was just a, that, I wasn't even close to an adaptation of that book, but I digress. Um, go see ready player one. It is exciting. You, it is a good movie. Um, I would just be curious to know uh, if it's anywhere near uh, as good as the book. Um, Thursday, did an LCBO promotion and crushed it. Uh, did a little uh, canned wine. A canned wine from New Zealand using Riesling, Riesling grapes. Uh, I don't know how to say that. A lot of people say Riesling. A lot of people say Riesling. I say Riesling. Um, but regardless, if I say Riesling, it's the, the Riesling people are there and they go, that's ah, Riesling. And if I say Riesling, Riesling people correct me, whatever. It's a really cool can called Joy, J-O-I-Y. It is a sparkling white wine from New Zealand, as I mentioned. It's got, uh, it's $4.90 a can for 250 milliliters. Um, it is only sold in Ontario in the can. I don't know if it's sold on the Quebec side or anywhere else in Canada. Um, but it's sold in these cans for uh, $4.90, 250 milliliters, about a third of a bottle of wine. So to put it into perspective of what that would cost you for a bottle of wine, about, you know, $14.70. Actually, specifically 1470 is what it would cost you for a bottle. Because a lot of people here can 490, that's expensive. Yeah, but that's if you were buying beer, you know? So, anyways, these things were delicious. Uh, people were very, very excited to try them. Um, I, I 
put out a ton. It was very, very good time. I had a good tasting. Uh, I did the meat, meat and cheese platters again. And, um, you know, luckily lots of people were good about it. They were not animals about, you know, coughing on plates and stuff like that. Like I experienced previous times. So, uh, I had a good time doing the, uh, the, the tasting. And then of course on Thursday night, I went to my, uh, my brother's house. My, uh, my mom was going there as well and, uh, played some board games. You know what I mean? So it was a fun time. Good times. We played, uh, not that it's super, uh, interesting or anything like that, but we played some, some games like Mysterium and Dixit, which are all picture based board games. Uh, just really cool. You know, how does this picture relate to other things on the board or sounds or whatever? Just a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. I don't remember if we played, oh, we played, um, I think it was called ghost blitz. I think, I think it was actually a really cool game because it was just cards. Um, but you, you have, um, I'll, I'll give you a small example. I know you guys, probably some of you could, could really take, take the, take or leave the, uh, board game talk, but the, the game I believe called ghost blitz, or if you Google it, and it's not right. You probably land on it with this is the, um, uh, do, do, do. Ha, I'm going to text my mom. Are you doing the podcast? Yes, I am. Hey, why don't I say that right into my phone or my watch? It'll reflect. Yes, I am. As we speak, period. That's how you tell an Apple watch. Um, so anyways, yeah, this game has five items. It's got like a green, like like little physical wood carved items, a green bottle, a red chair, a blue book, a white ghost, and a little gray rat. And the idea is that when you like flip the cards over, um, the card will have like two things on it and, and the colors. So the, the, the silliness of the game is whatever's not pictured on the card or not represented on the card. Like I'll give you an example. Like I said, the, uh, it might have two things on it. Like it might have a ghost and a bottle, but the bottle will be the color of the book and the ghost will be the color of the chair. So the only thing not represented at all on the card would be the rat, let's say. There's nothing on it that's gray. There's nothing, and there's no rat on it. So you, it's like first person to touch rat. So you got to see the card, and then you got to, you know, reach and touch the item, and you get that card as a as a point. But um, it's kind of like those like Lumosity games where it's like the letter yellow or sorry, the letter yellow, the 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 word yellow is written, but the letters are red, and it's asking you like you know, pick the, pick the word that's, that says red or whatever. And your brain goes to like the color. So, so something like that, where you sort of, you're trying to look at the card, interpret what is there, or some, sometimes the card has the exact item, on, excuse me, has still has two items on it, but it has that item and its proper color, in which case you grab the item itself. So it's just a fun little, um, you know, sensory game, but we, we played that one. I, at first I thought it was gonna be shit, but as I got into it, I'm like, all right, I can see how you, you know, sharpen up the senses a little bit with this one. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just a child's game and, uh, and, uh, I have a child's mind. <laughs> Who knows? So we, we played that. Um, and then on Friday I was super excited because I was hanging out with Michaela. I haven't seen my little lady in a very long time. And I was very, very excited to hang out with her. I was like, we could play some games. We could play some video games. You know, we'd go for a walk or something like that if the weather's nice. So, um, so she was coming over and I remember being a little, uh, being a little nervous on Friday because, uh, she was going to be dropped off by the one and only crystal. And, uh, I haven't seen her or, or chatted with her in a while. Um, you know, and I gotta be honest, you know, she, uh, she still makes my, uh, my hat flutter a little bit. I get, you don't just lose feelings for somebody. Right. So, uh, let's just put it this way. I hadn't seen her or spoken to her in a while. I was a little nervous just knowing I was going to see her, um, I didn't know 
I don't know. I don't mean to get overly personal, but I have with you guys before. Um, I was just a little nervous. I'm sure you guys can understand, you know, not seeing somebody that you care about for a long time. And I just didn't know how it was going to go. Um, but, uh, but when she came, we, uh, we just chatted for a minute or two outside. It was good to see her. Um, you know, everything was, was just really friendly right from the get go. Um, she actually noticed that she had a flat tire <laughs> while well, I, a, a, very low, low air tire. So, uh, I grabbed the, I got a, what do you call it? A compressor, a pump, air pump in the back of my, um, back of my car. So I pumped up her, her tire while it was pumping up. We chatted for a couple minutes and then everything was just really, you know, nice and amicable. We, we chat amicable, amicable. I don't know words. Am I getting tongue tied? Um, yeah, we just had a good, uh, a good conversation and we chatted a little bit. Um, I was supposed to do a, a sleepover with Michaela, but she had actually had some plans with uh, one of her grandparents for, um, for Easter. And so it turned out that she was just gonna be there for, for the vast majority of the day instead of, uh, overnight. And, uh, and I think Crystal and I were chatting and, uh, you know, we, we just said, well, do you want to go for coffee instead? Since, you know, my, my night's freed up and hers is freed up. We're having a good conversation, but you know, obviously I was there, you know, Michaela, it was Michaela's day. Um, and so we agreed to, to maybe get together for a coffee a little later on, but, um, had a great day with Mickey. We played, uh, she taught me a game called exploding kittens. I had played it before, but I couldn't remember how to do it. Um, but she, she knew it and played it. So we, we played a, a little card game. Um, we played a lot of, uh, VR games so that we had fun with that because, uh, some of the virtual reality games that I have for the PlayStation VR, um, are, are obviously the virtual reality helmet is good for one person. You can't put two people under there, but there's a, a game called the VR playroom that has all sorts of games in it that you can have multiple players for. So you can do, uh, what's an example. There's one game that's kind of like a Ghostbusters game. We played that one a lot because it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the way it works is that, you know, the person in the virtual reality can look around this room, but they can't see any ghosts. You can see the entire room properly. You can see all the little, you know, animated characters who are all shaking and nervous because of the ghosts in the room. But the person watching the television outside of the virtual reality helmet can see exactly where the ghosts are. So the person in the helmet sort of looking around and you're seeing what they see. And then when, uh, when you see the ghost, you call out the location of the ghost to the other person. So for example, there's one where you're sort of like in a kitchen, kitchen dining room and you know, the ghost might be in front of the stove and you go in front of the stove and they blast them out. And, and, and then they can see them once they've caught the ghost and their thing, they start reeling them in. And then you sort of lead them onto the next person. Super fun little game. Um, there's another one where it's like the old West and you're the sheriff, you walk into a saloon and there's, you know, several anywhere between three to sometimes six, seven, uh, desperados or whatever in front of you bandits. And, uh, the person looking at the TV. So again, the person who's not in the VR helmet, uh, there's a guy at the bar who shows you a wanted poster and it has like a hat, a type of, you know, glasses or eyes and then facial features. And the same thing, you're, you're telling the person in the helmet, which one is the guy you're after. And then they shoot it. So just fun little games. Keep in mind, she's, she's a young lady, right? She's 10 years old. So it's not like, uh, it wasn't, it's not rocket science, but at the same time, her and I were crushing it. They're not easy either, right? Because you got a time limit on all this stuff. So just her and I communicating back and forth was a lot of fun. We had some, some good times playing those games. Um, she did some underwater VR stuff and, uh, and we actually played, um, what did we play? We played, uh, until dawn rush of blood, which is super scary. I can't play more than a level or two before I'm totally freaked out. And, uh, you're basically stuck on like a, 
like a roller coaster cart. I want to say like a, it's more, let's put it this way. The pacing is more like tunnel of love. It's a small world after all kind of thing, you know, because you're not like rolling like really quick and shooting at things. The idea is it's a shooter and you got your two guns, but you're going through like haunted houses and, and, and graveyards and things like that. And you're going slow enough that you're being attacked by murderous clowns and fucking freaky house on haunted hill ghosts and stuff like that. Like just real, like demons and creatures and things like you're not moving particularly quickly. You're going quite slow. Like I said, tunnel of love regularly, you know what, like, like regular haunted houses that have like a, a, you know, a roller coaster cart on them. Anyways, she, she did great. She made it through about a quarter of a level or no, she got about the halfway through and she's like, okay, I'm too scared. I get but it was, it was, a uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a huge pussy. I don't, I watch way more scary movies than her. And I was still like, I can't, I'm telling you guys right now, if you haven't played virtual reality, definitely give it a try somewhere. It's a lot of fun, but I'm telling you, when you put on a VR helmet for the horror game, you know, I'm the kind of guy who watches watches horror movies through my fingers or turns to the side. I remember when Crystal and I were together, she was my partner in crime for horror movies. Um, I would just, most of the time I would have my, my right eye closed. She would always sit to the left of me. I have my right eye closed and my face pointed towards her. So I was basically just looking at her with my one eye open. All I could see was her, but I could look away from the screen, right? I'd hear everything. It'd be fucking freaky. And, I, and every night times I'd freak her out. She's like, why are you looking at me? Look at the movie. <laughs> but uh, anyways, once you put a VR helmet on, you're in that environment. You turn your head, you're still, you're just looking over to the left in that same environment. So shit comes at you from all different ways in VR. And so it really, uh, really makes you feel immersed in what's going on. You know, it, it's, uh, I gotta tell you, it's a game changer. If you're into horror stuff and you want an extra scare, definitely, uh, definitely try that on. I remember, I, I think I told you guys, I remember Jason was playing a game on his, uh, virtual reality machine. And, uh, and it was zombies and he was getting attacked by zombies everywhere. I walked into his room and I could see on his monitor. Like that's the thing with VR is if you hook it up to, you know, uh, uh, the PlayStation's already hooked up to a TV, right? So you can see on the TV kind of what the person who's playing is looking at. It's a very different thing. Just looking at uh, the TV is not what they're seeing. They're seeing a much heightened version of that. That's completely surrounding. And of course, when you turn your head, you know, when, when they, when they turn their head, you're seeing everything turns on the screen, but your, your vision is fixed. So it's different. It's like watching a movie where things move around, but when you're in there, your vision only changes when you move. So you're in complete control of where you're looking and what you're seeing. It feels a lot more, uh, realistic, but I digress. I, I, I yammer on too much about, uh, but that my point is Jason was playing uh, a zombie game and I walked into his room. I looked at the monitor and saw that he was just being rushed by, by zombies. And at one point he was getting rushed from all sides. And I remember he turned around, it was a gamble. And I just grabbed him by the shoulders and bit his shoulder. <laughs> and he fucking screamed. I think I've already told you guys about that, but I remember that being like, and he screamed, what the fuck? And I, I know I would have totally lost my shit if someone did that to me. I would totally lose my shit. If I play VR, something horror, I, I close my door and I fucking lock it first. Cause I, there's no way I'm letting somebody sneak up on me and scare the shit out of me during one of those games. But anyways, so that's what we played. Uh, we had a good time, dropped her off at her, uh, her grandparents' house. And then I, uh, I met up with Crystal for uh, a coffee and it was, uh, it was a good time. We had a good conversation. Um, unfortunately, it was a good Friday. So a lot of things were closing at a particularly early time. So we decided to just, uh, we were close to her place. We decided to just sit and, you know, have a, have some tea, have some chats. You know, we played a couple, uh, little sort of board card games and, uh, and had a really good conversation. We just sort of caught up on how each other's doing and, uh, 
and we're working on uh, just being friends. You know, it was nice to see each other. Obviously, like I said, you don't just uh, stop caring about somebody that, that, you know, was a big part of your life. And and again, based on, on, you know, why we separated and everything like that, it was, uh, it's for the same things you guys have heard me talking about um, for months now is that, you know, we're, we're just trying to work on ourselves. We want to be uh, good, happy people. So um, we both talked and decided that it's nicer to have each other in our lives. And we both very, you know, we had, we had a good time. We had a good time spending time together and, um, you know, but, but, um, we're, we're trying to keep each other motivated too, as, um, that, that sounds weird, but I mean, just like we're, we're supportive of each other's goals to, to better ourselves. You know what I mean? We're not trying to, to fuck around or anything like that. So, um, big, uh, big thumbs up. Grace guys are gonna clear up. It was a good, uh, it was a good motivator for me too, because like I said, I, I, uh, I was, I was, I was really worried that, um, you know, um, that we weren't going to be in each other's lives long, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and that was something that was, I know it was causing a lot of anxiety. Like I said, I, I cared about her and, and you know, the, the reason that we split up was not, you know, hatred or anything like that. It was just, um, our, our, where we were at didn't, didn't work, was not going to create, uh, we weren't, we weren't moving forward in a positive way. And, um, and again, so whatever we're, we're, um, we're both excited at the prospect of just being friends and, um, and that's really cool. It's cool to, uh, to be able to still work on ourselves and be in each other's lives, which is wicked. So, um, best, uh, that was, that was best case scenario. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm very, very thankful and grateful for it. So thanks uh, for listening to that guys. I'm just, uh, very, very excited. I'm very, very excited. So, uh, Saturday, more tastings, more things back at the, uh, downtown LCBO, with all of the animals. It was crazy busy, had a great day. Um, worked hard, you know, I, uh, holy smokes, excuse me. Just had a great weekend. I had a really great weekend. My friend Aaron actually invited me to, um, what did he invite me to? My, my friend, Aaron Guthrie, we, we played board games by my buddy from good life, um, invited me to his place for Easter dinner. That was amazing. Got a text message from him just saying, Hey man, not sure what your plans for Easter are, but, uh, you know, I'm doing, uh, I'm having some people over and, uh, we're going to make a meal. So feel free to, to come by. And if you want to bring some games, that's wicked. That was, that's, that's me getting other people interested in board games. How about that shit? Hey, everyone's getting me addicted. I went over to his place some, uh, last month, brought some games and, uh, and he was like, Hey, uh, feel free to bring on some burgers. So that's what I did. I, uh, I, Sunday, I went to my friend Chris's place. Uh, he was adding a basement uh, bathroom. I did some electrical. I hate doing electrical, but I had a nice, I had a nice chat with Chris, a uh, good friend, you know, catching up with him, seeing how he's doing. Um, he's actually uh, funny enough. Uh, I met him through a friend at absolute who worked there, but it turns out that he was also one of uh, Brody's teachers. Uh, phys ed teacher. So it was kind of cool. One time I was chatting with uh, Brody and he was saying, Oh, Mr. Daly was blah, 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 blah. Sorry. I've just said his first and last name, but I don't think he cares. Um, but he's like, yeah, he calls him of course, like, like we all call our teachers, right. By Mr. Mr. Last name. And he's like, uh, yeah. And he said to say hi, I didn't realize. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. But anyways, um, all that, all that aside, um, we, uh, we, we did the electrical work, shit, shit had, had a, had a good conversation, just catching up with him, you know, seeing how he's doing. And, um, and then I, uh, I went to, to Aaron's place. I, I grabbed some games that I thought would be good for, for larger people. Um, and, uh, it was, it was cool. He actually, uh, was there with his family for some reason. I don't know why I got this in my head that he was actually doing like a, uh, 
I guess like a big group of friends kind of Thanksgiving or not. I keep calling it Thanksgiving, uh, Easter dinner. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know how many times I've said it up to now. If you guys are screaming at your, your things, well, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, yeah, the Easter dinner invited me for Easter dinner. And, um, he, I thought it was going to be like friends, like a bunch of friends or whatever. And he was inviting me as well. It was actually him, his family, his, uh, his, uh, his ex, uh, his kids, um, his parents. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's, uh, and then, and then he invited me. So I was really honored. Um, it was really cool because to be honest with you guys, I didn't have a big Easter dinner to go to. And, uh, it was really, uh, really, really warmed my heart to, uh, to be included. So, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much, Aaron, for inviting me. Aaron is a, a on again, off again podcast listener. So he may or may not hear this, but, um, I'm super, super grateful for the invitation. It was very, very sweet. And where my heart's family was amazing people. Um, we played some games. I brought some, uh, some games like, uh, social deduction games, they call them. But the idea is that everybody's got like a secret, uh, secret, you know, role on their card. So for example, uh, we played a game called werewolf where, you know, some people at the table are werewolves and some people are, are villagers and, uh, everyone's trying to figure out who's who And the game is, you're totally allowed to lie about what you are in the game. And so the idea is that the werewolves are eating the villagers. So every day the villagers try to pick someone to, to hang or whatever, you know, that they accuse of being a werewolf and they hang them. Um, but of course, uh, if they're not a, a werewolf, then you've just eliminated another villager. And the game basically ends when, um, either the villagers have successfully killed the werewolf or, uh, when there's an equal amount of werewolves to villagers, at which case the werewolves just transform and eat the villagers and win. So, uh, but it was a, it was a fun game. I think, uh, his parents were obviously on the more senior side. So everybody was kind of reluctant to, to talk. The game is very, um, it gets really engaging when people are talking about what they are, you know, their role and things like that. So, um, if you're, if you're, I guess, I guess all I can say is it's, it's fun when people get out of their shells and, uh, and try to make a case for why they are this or why they're not that. And there's some, there's some extra roles. I guess the, the more you play the game, you can add more, more things to it. So, uh, people with different skills, there's people, let's put it this way. And there's a, there's a character called the seer and they are allowed to, ask the, the person sort of running the game once per day, quietly when no one else is, you know, everyone's got their eyes closed, you know, if somebody's a villager or a werewolf, and then the, the, the moderator will tell them the fun thing is when they wake up the next day, they just find out whether they're a villager. They pick one person, point at them, and then the moderator tells them if they're a villager or a werewolf. And that's it. They've got that piece of information. So the next day they can be like, hey, I, I asked, I'm the seer, and I asked if this person is is a werewolf. And they said yes. But then someone else can go, that's bullshit. I'm the seer, and I said that that person's a villager. You must be a werewolf. You know, and so that's, that's the fun of the game is that everybody's sort of arguing with each other and trying to make a case for why they are this or why they aren't that. So even if someone is completely legitimate and they're telling the truth, you never know because there's other people there who are trying to, to sway this. So the game is the, the whole fun of that game is trying to convince people to think the way you, you know, to, to convince them of someone else's guilt or of your own innocence. That's, that's the idea. So we played that. We played another game called Spyfall which is again, a game where you get a, you get assigned a, a location and one person's a spy. So everyone's asking each other questions. Um, the, everybody knows where they are. I'll just give you a small example. Let's say the location is a police station. 
Okay. Um, everybody knows that they're at a police station except for one player at the table who is a spy. Now, nobody knows who is the spy. So they're all asking each other questions, you know, about the location. And the idea is, you know, um, let's, let's, as an example, you, you'd, you'd want to ask somebody a question that their answer would, would let you know that they know where they are. So for example, if we were in a police station and I was to say, you know, Hey, what's the, uh, the weather like here? How, how do you like the weather here? Someone might go, Oh, I find it, uh, you know, really rainy. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really be talking a lot about an outside location, you know, maybe the weather if you were in a police station, but because there's locations like the beach and, you know, the North pole and shit like that. Right. So the idea is you're trying to ask questions to get other people to give you a response that sort of validates where they are, you know, like there's, I think one of them is a casino. And so it's like, so how do you like it here? And someone's like, nah, there's a lot of, I don't know. It's, it's really loud and there's lots of lights. That might be an answer that you go, okay, that answer lets me know that, you know, that they know where they are. Cause I, we're all at the same place, but you don't want it to be so obvious that the spy goes, Oh, I know exactly where you wouldn't want to be like, well, I really don't like how many people are gambling and all the slot machine sounds that the, the, the spy is going to know right away where they are. So that basically the idea is it's a timed game. And if you get to the end of the game and the spy has not been, been revealed, um, everyone is allowed to sort of make a, a unanimous guess at who they think the spy is based on the questions and answers people were giving. You know, because the spy is going to ask questions too, but he has to make it obvious in his question that, you know, try to try to gather information from what people are saying. Anyways, it was a fun game. Uh, that one got people talking more because that one it's required of everyone to ask questions of each other and, and get things like that going. So, um, a lot of fun, really, really enjoyed, uh, playing those games, Spyfall. And of course, code names, everyone's talked about it. Uh, we've reviewed it. Um, was fun. We, we played a game of code names and, uh, and people sort of enjoyed that. And that was, uh, that was our day. We also had, of course, a, a wonderful, wonderful meal. Thank you so much to Aaron's, uh, uh, wonderful girlfriend, Hillary for making such a wonderful meal. And of course to his parents as well, um, who were just outstanding and very, very welcoming. I had a, a great time with everybody. It was really, really nice to be uh, included in that. Um, what else can I say? Uh, you know, Easter Monday guys, he is risen and I, was at the, uh, hot tubs, Ottawa. I was working that hot tubs job that I did last year and, uh, it was kind of nice and easy. I had all sorts of little hiccups. I want to say throughout the course of the day, I basically, my, my friend York brought me into, uh, fulfill orders, you know, put shit in boxes and ship it to people. But I had a weird ass day where things just kept happening that, that delayed me. Um, it was funny. I was working in this little office above a warehouse and the power went out. So at one point I look over and the computer's just dead. I thought I'd kick the power bar out or something like that. And turned out that the, the, the circuit had screwed up and we, you know, we lost power to the computer. So I'm walking around this warehouse at one point trying to ask people where the electrical box are. And all the guys who are in the warehouse are like truck drivers. They don't know the warehouse, you know, where shit is in the warehouse. They know where to find their shit, but they don't know where certain things are. Um, I had also, so this, this is scale that I use, but the scale shuts itself off and it's got like a broken button. So when I'm shipping things through Canada post, I need to know what, what it weighs in kilograms and the scale, uh, when it comes on, it comes on in pounds, but the, the switch button that, uh, that switches from pounds to kilos, uh, is broken. 
So I have to like keep hitting it a hundred times, basically like little things that slow you down. Not a big deal, not bitching, but just, um, when like York finally found a way, like the last time I worked for him, he's like, he found a way to make the scale stay on so that when it's like it stays on, it switches to kilo. So it just, it's just on all the time, which is great. You just push it on top of it. Scale shows you the number, you know, it doesn't turn off every minute and then you got to keep turning it back on and fight with it to switch over. But because the power went out, the scale was now reset and it had to, you know, I have it turned back on. So I'm Googling like this, this random commercial scale and trying to figure out how to set it, to put it back on. Um, I think there was a bottle of chemicals or whatever that, that looked fine. But when I picked it up to ship it, um, I put it in a box and it started leaking and I didn't realize till afterwards I saw something on the little drop on the desk and I was like, Oh, and I went to, to move it and it, the box, you know, uh, toppled to the side a little bit and poured the chemicals all over me. Uh, <laughs> So it was just, a, it was a, it was a great day. No complaints. Like, like normally where I would have been, uh, I think some of this mindful stuff and and these things that I'm reading, anti-anxiety stuff, whatever, I think they're starting to, to kick in a little bit because I know that I just, I just did my thing that day, you know, uh, funny enough, like just, just knowing that not everything is an emergency or a huge panic, uh, is starting to pay off, you know, um, in fact, some of that stuff was, uh, I think, believe it or not, it was, I think Crystal had mentioned to me like a long time ago was just saying that like a lot of anxiety and stuff like that is just this fear that there's like, there's this, this perceived danger, but really like we're not in danger. It's a lot of fight, fl- uh, fight or flight sometimes that you'll have this feeling. And it's funny enough, uh, one of the things I'm going to be reviewing uh, this episode later on actually refers to some of that stuff as well. But I just remember, you know, I've tried to apply that a few times this week. I remember during one of my tastings, I went to pick something up beforehand and it just didn't, didn't, uh, it got fucked up in the process. And it was, it was funny. I had the choice of cutting something myself or letting the person who worked at, uh, the print shop do it. And, um, and I was just like, oh, you do it every day. So I'm sure, would you be better at me? Cause I'm all finicky and whatever. They're like, yeah, no problem. They started coming. They go, yeah, the problem with me though, is like, I get really frustrated with these things. And I end up just fucking doing it quick. And as she was doing it, she was like cutting real close to the edges. And it was just kind of like all chopped up and it was great. They're a great person. They take really good care of me. Um, but I'm just like, I'm like, oh, you don't have to understand my OCD. Like you can't just do that. So I'm like, I got to go get this thing done again. But the whole time I did this right on my way to my tasting. And I'm just, the whole time I'm at the tasting, I'm just stressing and being anxious about having to redo this thing. I'm like, it's no fucking big deal. Two hours ago, you you hadn't even done it. It was a thing on a file. Like, so it's, it's funny how I can like obsess and get anxious over like nothing. And, and that was really what it was. I really, I used that, that skill. And funny enough, that was before I had even, I had even chatted with Crystal surprisingly. It wasn't, it wasn't seeing her that was popping these things back in my head, but just things she had told me. And I was like, yeah, it really it really isn't that big of a deal. Sometimes I just, um, it's, it's just funny how that shit works. So getting back to the hot tub place, I just found like all these little things that used to like stress me out. Um, cause I put a lot of pressure and shit on myself. I was just like, look, something comes up, you, you deal with it. And, uh, and that's that. And I think part of it also helps to know that like, I'm there for one day, you know, it's the same with the tastings and everything else that I do. Like I'm not, it's not my full-time thing. So I think there's like a little bit of pressure released from the fact that I know like if I fuck up and, and, you know, somebody doesn't want to have me back, A, I'm not going to starve. I've got other jobs and B, it's not really like my true calling anyways. You know, it's not like it's super important to me. Um, 
but I digress. So I had a good day, uh, worked hard for my friend, uh, and actually things worked out because I didn't waste a lot of mental power, uh, stressing over shit. So that was great. I came back, uh, ran a few errands because things were open again yesterday, which was great. Cause a lot of the time over the weekend, everything, uh, every time I was free, shit was closed and I couldn't get anything done. So, uh, went and got some groceries with the, uh, the mother unit there. And, um, I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend guys. Pretty good weekend. My Easter weekend was great. I hope yours was great too. And I'd love to know how you celebrated it. If you have anything fun, um, that you did, of course, um, today got some good news. Um, first thing I did was I actually, uh, I decided, uh, last night that the first thing I was doing today was going to the gym. Twas not the first thing I did today. Um, on my way to the gym, I decided, uh, I actually, I actually dragged ass a little bit today, guys. I was feeling particularly, uh, foot loose and fancy free in the sense that I didn't have anything on today's docket except for, you know, recording the podcast. So I kind of felt like I had more time and, um, I just, I slept, I slept in a lot today. I actually went to go to bed at a good time last night. Um, it was my intention to get up, get the podcast done nice and early. Um, and then, uh, and then go to the gym and then do my taxes. Um, but I, uh, I decided, okay, well, I'll go to the gym first, and but I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. I'm, I'm a little tired and it just, it just pushed further and further back into the day. But, um, I, I left for the gym around noon or 11:30, whatever. And, uh, it was, uh, I remember just going through some notes here before I left, just, just getting some, some things cleared off the desk and my car, uh, has got rust on it. Um, I bought a paint protection plan when I bought my car. Like I've told you guys car stories before. I'm a good bitch. I buy everything I'm supposed to buy. Um, I bought the uh, paint protection plan for my car and they said, you know, if your, if your car gets chips or anything like that, come back and see us. So, you know, a couple of years ago I was driving to, uh, to a gig and, uh, an 18 wheeler just sort of just, just leaned off the road enough to start kicking up uh, gravel. And of course it hit the front of my car, like a shooting gallery and just chipped everything away on it. So I, I went back and I showed them and I was like, yeah, I got the paint protect. You guys got to fix this. Right. And they're like, no, no, no. So we don't fix it until it rusts as a result of the paint. I'm like, for Christ's sakes. So it rusted. Uh, I, I think I saw a lot of rust last year and I went to the dealership at one point and was like, Hey, what's the, you know, I, I want to, now it's rusted. Now will you fix it? And they're like, oh, you got to take it to this other place to, you know, they, they will take pictures of it and then they send it to us and we approve it and yada, just a bunch of like back and forth shit. Eh? So it, um, it got to the point where I'm like today, I'm like, you know what? I'm driving right, right past the dealership on my way to the gym. I'm going to stop in there. So I did that. That was the first thing that I did. I stopped in there. Then I went over to the other place, which wasn't far away. And I got them to take pictures of it. And I started that process. Um, and I'm still not quite sure. I hope to have good news for you guys that, that, Hey, like for finally something with a car went off without a hitch. I didn't have to spend uh, several hundred dollars that I was promised. I wouldn't have to, but regardless, got that done. And then, Hey, I went to the motherfucking gym. How about that? First day at the gym in a very, very long time. I told myself I was going to do it. And I've, I've pushed real hard to start doing the things that I say I'm going to do. So I made myself a list this morning when I first got out of bed and just started writing all the different things that I wanted to do on it. And I think, I think I've got at least 50% of that, uh, done, even though it's fucking nine o'clock right now <laughs> on Tuesday. Um, uh, my intention was also to get, you know, all of my taxes done. I'm going to get at least a few more months done, um, after the podcast, just so that I know I'm being productive. But, um, but I, I, you know what? I got to the gym. That was, that's one of the hardest things is just getting yourself to the gym. You know, once you're there, just do your thing. But 
you know, a, a lot of things it's, it's so, it's so, it's not even so much about getting there. It's just that like, you know, that you have that motivation to break the habit. And I think I'd like to try to start my days off with the gym. If I start going back to driving Uber, I'll have to start my days with Uber just because of the time frame that's, that's profitable. But I think I can make, you know, the gym my second. So it's funny. Some days when I do Uber, I, I quit early because I just get bored or there's, there's no traffic, whatever. So I think that if I, if I, do Uber. And then as soon as I'm done Uber, my commitment to myself is that, okay, then, then you'd go directly to the gym. Um, if I don't feel like going to the gym, well, then I'll drive more, make more money. And then if I don't feel like doing that, well, at least I'm going to get exercise in, of course. And then the rest of the day is mine. So if I get my making my money and, and making myself more healthy. I could probably start my personal shit uh, on a day-to-day basis by as early as noon, which would be great. And I think that's what I want to work towards. Um, we all know it's one thing to say you want something and then, uh, and then not, um, the last couple of days I've been doing real good with my food. Um, not everything I've eaten has been super healthy, um, but there hasn't been any pizza or anything, you know, gross like that. And I've, I've been working on the portion. So again, I'm just, I'm hoping in the near future guys to have some better results for you. Okay. Um, not for you, for me, All right, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for me, but I'm hoping to have some good news to share. So I did. Yeah. I, I, I went to the gym and what I did today was I just, uh, a, a friend of mine, Josh Abel, um, from, from the source, he had just said, you know, to get your heart rate up, if you can't do anything, especially with the hernia and everything like that, he's like, if you're not trying to hurt yourself with straining muscles, just get on a treadmill, maximum incline and, and walk that for 30 minutes. Cause that's going to get your heart rate up. And it most certainly did. So that's what I did today. Uh, I feel good. Came back and I, uh, prepped some stuff. I, I ran out of coffee or ground coffee, I should say. So I, brought out the, my, this is not interesting. I tell you how I ground coffee, ground coffee. I got several coffees here that are all in bags, in beans, lots of Starbucks coffee. Love it. But I grinded the beans. I got some food prep stuff ready for that. I, after the gym, I went to Costco and I got some more, uh, more greens and things like that that I needed. Uh, I got some wicked veggie burgers. I tasted some veggie burgers last night at Costco. Everything in them was organic. There's no disgusting preservatives or anything like that. And as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going downstairs to, f- to make one of those. They were so, I just tasted them, right? Costco and their samples, but it was amazing. So I, uh, I got lots of healthy stuff. I'm going to chop the shit out of a, a cucumber and I'm going to have cucumbers and a veggie burger. That's going to be my dinner. And, uh, I ain't ashamed. All right. It's delicious. I can't fucking wait. Um, what else? Oh, the, <laughs> I'll tell you guys a small little story. Uh, last week when Chris wrote in, he, he had suggested let's, let's re- reference that real quick. Right. I, I, I've, I'm going to remind you guys that there is a contest going on now until episode 50. And I don't know if episode 50 will be the cutoff or if episode 50, we're going to announce it. There's still two episodes in between. We'll see how interested you guys are in this, but there's a contest right now to name you guys, the listeners, a name for you guys overall. Right. Um, I think I mentioned over, uh, before that, you know, the, the local radio station, hot 89, calls their listeners hotties, um, things like that. Um, Chris has already submitted uh, some, some name suggestions. He suggested onesies, which I got to be honest, I loved almost right away hearing. I think onesies is great. And another one is he called, uh, was maniacs, but, uh, with the, uh, with the genderish culture right now, I figure placing anything with man is like a giant target on my chest to start making people, uh, upset, but I am a big fan of play on words. So maniacs is a, is a cool one. And, uh, he also suggested Jerry's and that's where my, my Jerry story that I'm going to tell you guys, cause Chris is like, you know, 
Uh, another podcast he listens to calls his people Dougs. He thought about Jerry's. One of the reasons I, I would not want to call you guys Jerry's is it sounds like I'm calling you Germans or like you're the enemy. So I think that just at a quick little ear glance, uh, people wouldn't, wouldn't really get the reference. But the reason he suggested Jerry was like, think back to high school. And immediately I got his reference. So, so Chris messaged me after the last episode aired and he was like, you nailed it right away. The one I was thinking of. So, um, some friends of mine, Jimmy and Mika, of course. This was, this is reaching way back to like the first year of high school when we first, first started spending time together. Um, myself, Jimmy, Mika, Chris, our friend, Jason, and our friend, Tasha, uh, we're all playing. <laughs> we're playing. Cause that's what kids do. We're, we're in high school. We were playing. Um, I think it was manhunt, um, across the street from where I lived at the school playground. And surprisingly enough, the school that I went to as a, a young fellow from kindergarten all the way to grade six. Um, but it's funny. I didn't live in the neighborhood when I went to that school. Then years later, I, I think it was like a year after I stopped going to that school, we moved to like across the street from it. And it's fun. It's real. Actually it's, it's funny slash frustrating. But, um, I remember I lived, uh, two blocks away from like Fisher park, high school, uh, junior high or whatever. And I, and I lived, you know, like, like, let's say like a 20 minute walk to Devonshire. Then when I'm done going to Fisher, my next school was, or sorry, when I was done going to Devonshire, my next school was going to be Fisher. And I'm like, great. I'm so close there. And then we moved to, uh, across the street from Devonshire and now 20 minutes away from Fisher. So it was just like, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then I, and then I later went to Glebe. So I was in a much better position to, to go to Glebe. Still a 20 minute walk. I think that's, that was basically my, my school career was a 20 minute walk. <laughs> I didn't get to school. I walked for 20 minutes. The, um, anyways, Jerry, uh, we were, we were playing at the school, playing manhunt. And if anyone doesn't know how to manhunt, how manhunt works is I believe it's uh, one, you know, everyone runs off and hides. You have like a minute to hide. Then one person's it. They got to run around the neighborhood trying to find the, the other people. You touch one of them, they become it too. Right. And so you'll see someone sees you and you're trying to move around a lot. You can hide, but it's no fun if you're, you're hidden on a whole block radius. Anyways, the idea is that eventually it's an elimination game. First person's it. They slowly start eliminating other people who join them in the hunt for others. So you'll see somebody coming at you who you knew wasn't it to start. And you go, are you it? Are you it? And they still keep running and not saying, are you it? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And you got to start running from them because they could be it too. And sometimes they're just shitty at communicating, you know? And then they come, no, no, no I'm not it. I'm not it. And they just stand next to you. Like, what the fuck can you say anything? Anyways, we had lots and lots of fun. That's, that's one of those things that was like the catalyst of us being friends. We were working on a project. I think it was in the episode with Jimmy and Mika. We talked about it, but... Um, we would, we would hang out. And then when we needed a, a break from the work, we would just go play the game regardless. This one night we were all playing in the, in the yard and this, this drunk comes up and starts chatting to us through the, the fence of the schoolyard. And he was just chatting with us and he was funny, but he was so drunk. You know, he's trying to climb the fence and I think he got six inches off the ground. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, but we chatted with him for a while and he became a, a reference, something we would reference all throughout, uh, high school when we were together, whatever we could keep referring to Jerry. Um, and that's where that comes from. So that's a, a little nod to something from way back in our, uh, early days of friendship. So, uh, again, another super long story just to say that, uh, that Jerry said there, um, we've got another uh, suggestion too from, uh, from someone who's written in later on in the show. But the idea is that the contest is whatever you guys decide, you can submit anything that you think would be a good name for the listeners. And, um, and as we approach episode 50 or maybe on episode 50, I will narrow down, 
you know, what the front runners are, and then maybe we'll get you guys to vote on them, whatever. But regardless, the person who submits the name that we all ended, uh, you know, ultimately end up going with, um, will receive a $50 gift card for, uh, you know, a place or, or store of their choice. So, um, get those in guys contact at one There's no limits on these. Um, I appreciate, you know, your suggestions guys. I, I love, you know, having your feedback. So send those in contact at one man Um, one of the things I noticed when I was at the gym today, and I've noticed it before is they play uh, at good life. They play the food network on the TVs and that's a little, I, th- I think that's a little fucked up because we all know f- food network is like porn for fat people, but it's weird that you would put shit on there. Like just, and we're talking about like all the different things like carnival eats and like these gigantic, you know, burritos made with all the best kinds of meat and you know, these giant burgers and like we made pancakes with pork chops in them. Like just everything that, that you look at it, you go, ah, that seems crazy. And it looks amazing. And it, oh, it's so good. And you're just like, and you're on a treadmill sweating or on a bike sweating or lifting weights. Or whatever. I'm just like, why, why is this anything that, why is this on here? I almost feel like it's just, it's a trap for fatties like myself. You know, we buy our membership because at that point they got our money, right? You bought the membership. Now it's just, you got a fat person ugling up your gym. And that's what I was doing today at the gym. I was ugling up the gym. So I think that I I was saying that they probably put the the food network on there so that once they sign up for the year long membership or whatever, the commitment, you sign the contract, then you just get on the the thing. And if they can convince you to just, you know, you don't want to be here, go, just go eat the triple cheeseburger, triple bacon cheeseburger, you know, dipped in, dipped in batter and deep fried. And then with cotton candy wrapped around the outside, go get that. That's what you really want. You don't want to be on here walking and sweating. So I think that's what it is. I think that that's a super secret corporate trick to make fat people not actually want to be there, right? Because again, they don't make more money if you're there, right? Plus, who wants a 500 pound guy stepping on their fucking treadmill and breaking it, right? It's a liability if anything, you know, they're trying to better themselves. But at the same time, all those, all those young, hot people, they don't want to look at that. You know, they don't want to see my back sweating. They're just trying to enjoy themselves better, not trying to look at each other right. And compete with each other for who gets first place. I'm not getting first place. I'm not even, I'm not even getting anywhere near the podium, not even getting anywhere near the podium. Oh, I think I remembered my fucking joke. I'm going to write it down guys. I also, that was something that happened this week. Um, one second, one second. I got to write this down. Cause I was fucking stressing about it. Okay. Okay. All three women make the podium. Yeah. I can't wait to tell you guys about this joke. They shouldn't all get medals. <laughs> I think I feel good about this, guys. I think I feel good about this. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you more about it later, but I don't, I don't want to ruin it. I'm so glad. Oh, I can't even tell you. The amount of times for a comedian that you you get an idea and it's fun and you start playing with it right away in your head, right away. And then you know, something, you know, you got to get up. You don't write it down. You go, I'm going to remember it later. And you start doing things and it's gone. And then later on, you're like, fuck, what was that thing? Oh, it was so funny. It was going to be my, it was going to be my new closer. It was so good. And then you cannot fucking remember it. I remember I was on the phone with my mom the other day coming back from something. And, uh, I, you know, I reference her a lot, but I, you know, I'm spending more time with my mom and I feel like a good son. God damn it. Um, I, uh, I was coming back and I was chatting with her. And then I remember just going like, like, oh fuck, oh fuck. Like that joke came back to my head. I'm like, shit, I didn't write it down. And my mom was talking about something. 
I wasn't paying attention. My brain had completely shifted to the the joke, the premise. And I was like, look, mom, I can let you go. I'm trying to think of this thing. I, and I just, I can't, I go, it's nothing against you. I just can't, uh, I, your talking is distracting me. She understood. She, she, she got it. And I meant no disrespect, but it's just one of those, like when you're trying to think of something and there's just, I, go, I gotta let you go because I gotta grab the fucking, this joke is already under the door and just the last little bit of its tails poking out. I'm going to try to see if I can grab it and haul it back into my head, you know? So, um, I'm just, I don't know. Visually I'm thinking a mouse running into a hole in the wall. Just, just God damn it. Get back here. I need you to stay. Um, so I let her go and I still couldn't think of it, but just now, oh geez, just now it popped back into my head and you better believe it is right fucking here in front of me. I'm excited. Sorry about that. You just, you, you heard the process live here. So anyways, yeah. Food network at the gym. I think it's a fucking dirty trick towards people like myself. Luckily I had more willpower and I managed to do one day, 30 minutes on maximum incline. So I'm going to ride that wave guys. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow. I do not have a podcast to make. So hopefully while you guys are listening to this, my ass is on a treadmill sweating like a greasy pig, just hoping to one day make that goddamn podium. Um, yeah. So that's, 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 that's what I'm working on guys. I'm back to the gym. I'm eating better. It's one day, but fuck it. I'm going to celebrate, right? Why, why make myself feel shitty? I I got one day under my belt. I'm going to live in the present. I'm going to enjoy today for what it was. What did I do? I'm getting the fucking rust on my car fixed. I'm getting back to the gym. I'm going to eat a veggie burger. I'm going to, I'm going to lift some weights and I'm going to try to get a couple months taxes done, right? Seize the moment every day. Make yourself better than the less. That's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm working on. I have, uh, have to finish my fucking taxes. I really, really have to get those done. And I am procrastinating every time. Like, I'll be honest, tonight's going to be probably the same thing. I'm going to try to start getting them done, but every single night I get home and it's like 10, 10 30. And I'm like, by the time I just get set up with all my paperwork and calculators and printing and all that crap, it's, it's half bullshit. I'm aware. I'm aware, but I just feel like it's gonna be like 11 o'clock and I'm going to just start to get a flow and have to pass out. So I'm going to try not to do that tonight. I'm going to try to just get a month on just so I can say, look, I did it, leave everything set up so that when I wake up tomorrow, I can just politely excuse myself around my shit, go to the gym, come back and have some oatmeal and then get right to work on taxes uninterrupted as I have nowhere to be tomorrow. Mm -mm -mm. So, uh, what am I watching? Uh, I've been watching all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm watching new girl. It's a silly show. I like that. I watched Ash versus the Evil Dead. I believe I've mentioned that to you guys. That is a show based on the television series. Uh, sorry, it's a show based on the movies. And um, the movies were fun. Has anyone seen the Evil Dead? Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, uh, Army of Darkness. I may have talked about this already on a previous episode. I think I actually talked to you guys about this on the last episode. But, uh, but check it out. If you're a fan of those original shows, it's a lot of fun. It's... Uh, it's, it's kind of freaky. All right. It's kind of freaky. Um, I have also been listening to my audio book of it. Um, I mentioned the last episode that I got it. I've been listening to it a lot. I find it difficult to listen to audiobooks when I'm doing anything that requires my, my attention. And by that, I mean like even to just, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it later while I do taxes, but I think I'm gonna have a difficult time reading, uh, like reading receipts and stuff and keeping track of it because it's a Stephen King book too. And he's so descriptive. Um, there's not like action happening all the time that, that drives the story forward. It's always pertinent information and really good at drawing a thing, but, but it's also like easy to daydream into it too. So I'll, I'll find like I'm doing something and I'm listening to it. And then the next thing I know, 
like 15 minutes have gone by and I haven't paid attention at all. Like if I'm in front of the computer doing one thing and then the next thing I know I start reading emails, I'm not absorbing anything. So it's almost like that same read a paragraph, realize you've been daydreaming and haven't retained any of it and then having to read it again. Regardless, I'm really enjoying it. I'm like fucking 10 hours more than that, but like 10 to 15 hours into this 44 hour audiobook. So uh, having a good time, loving it. I might, uh, I might continue and get more of them. What can I say? Um, and with that guys, with all of that information, an hour and six minutes in, I am ready to finally get to our sponsors. I tried doing something earlier today to get everybody, um, to get everyone interested. Um, of course, I'm going to start with my partners at portablepress.com, uncle John's bathroom readers. And, uh, like I said, I'm trying to get more into the social media stuff. I, I posted a live video on Facebook and on Instagram because um, I'm we're, we're reading today from the book uh, "How Do Geese Get Goosebumps?" and more than 199 perplexing questions with astonishing answers. It's a cool book because it has all sorts of different articles in it. Uh, well, mostly just questions, right? You know, do do geese get goosebumps? Is one of them. Um, I've read from that book before on the show. I think it is "Why Does Superman uh, Wear Tights?" So just questions like that. In fact, the the book has questions like, uh, you know, why do we drive on a parkway but park on a driveway? You know, those ones we've all heard. What was the greatest thing before sliced bread? Stuff like that. Um, and so I, I posted a video on Facebook and Instagram, a live video, just trying to see what questions people might be interested, uh, you know, in in having answered. Just to to you know push things out there. I like to get you guys involved and make sure that if I can make my content more you know, driven towards someone who's actually interested in it, then it, then it helps. Um, but no dice. Um, nobody seemed interested in, uh, it's not so much that they didn't seem interested for whatever reason I wasn't getting any viewers. So I just had to go with my gut. And today I've decided to pick an article called total recall. And the question that they are answering in this article is what did they call a photographic memory before the invention of photography? And I'm going to share a little plug for my, uh, my former partner at Open Mic Mondays, Aaron Power. Aaron Power used to do that joke. Joke. He was saying, "What do they? What do they tell people? You know, what do they used to say um, before? You know, photographs were invented." He go, "You know, how dare you doubt me, Charles? You know, I've got a memory like a fine watercolor drawing." <laughs> and that was his joke. It was a funny joke. So to answer that question, we have this article here. I think that's why this one jumped out at me. What did they call a photographic memory before the invention of photography? The answer: the technical term for photographic memory is eidetic memory. And it existed long before people started taking pictures. Photographic memory is really just a layman's term and an imperfect one at that to make the phenomenon easier to understand. In this sense, photographic refers to a person's ability to recall greatly detailed information very quickly, instantaneously like how a photo is taken. Sometimes that information comes in images and a person is considered eidetic if they can remember a great number of details about an image, especially if they only saw it once for a brief time. Eidetic memory can also be used to describe the mental capacity to recall tiny details of sounds or smells after a brief exposure. I think I have that a little bit because I, 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 if I hear a voice, I can remember it, but then I have to put that voice into a context of a sentence, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, unlike a photograph, eidetic memory doesn't last forever. It's found primarily in child children and almost always fades by the age of six when verbal development has taken over as the brain's main method of communication. So there you go, guys. That's what they call a photographic memory before the invention of photography. And of course, that was it from my partners at Portable Press. 
Amazon.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. Um, as always, guys, if you want to get some cool books, there's all sorts of cool stuff that they have, portablepress.com, um, you know, whatever you're into. I've got a few of those. I've also got the uh, the other book like it. That's basically uh, how to, and that book's called how to fight a bear and win. <laughs> I've read that article to you guys in the past, but lots of books like that. There's ones, like I said, based on, you know, just beers and robots and, uh, you know, some that are based on sports universe history, they got shit out there. And then there's ones that are just mishmash of all sorts of fun stuff. There's even ones about Canada. Hey, where we is. So, um, so check them out. Um, as always guys, my partners at absolute comedy, uh, our, our sponsors as well. Always appreciate the fun stuff that we're doing with them. I will be at the Kingston absolute comedy, uh, at the end of the month. I don't have the exact, I think it's from the 25th to the 27th or the 26th. You know what? I'm just going to pull it up on my phone in front of me. No, I'm not because I'm using my phone right now to do something else. I still have that video from the beginning of the episode. So let me see if I can be useful and pull up my calendar. Uh, I am there from the 25th to the 28th. So if you're in the Kingston area, uh, check me out at Absolute Comedy in Kingston. Ding! All right, guys, uh, let's play the ride and I'll continue. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. Still no news, guys, of my other sponsors, Summersby, the wonderful, sweet, sweet nectar of happiness. Um, I don't uh, I don't know when the Summersby watermelon is coming out, um, but I will get in touch with our uh, our good friend Petter at, uh, at Summersby and try to have some more information for you guys on that. I'm very, very excited to try it and, of course, uh, get your feedback on it when it launches. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. <sighs> Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Oh, and who haven't we talked about yet? It's the same person as every week. It's my partners at DK Books, Darling Kindersley. Um, <laughs> I have been meaning to read this. They sent me this uh, 
about a month or so ago. And I have been meaning to read it because obviously it is super, super important. And um, I'm almost done, almost. Um, as usual, I don't always, uh, you know, have too much, too much, too much spare time, but I do my best to get through them quickly. And of course they keep my attention with all their beautiful imagery guys. DK does a great job of their books. And, um, I started this series, um, that they have, it's basically like there's, there's four books that I'm aware of. Uh, there's one called, uh, success, the psychology of achievement, love the psychology of attraction. And the one that I read this week, uh, almost called stress, the psychology of managing pressure. And it says practical strategies to turn pressure into positive energy. Um, of course, by uh, Diane McIntosh and Jonathan Horowitz. So this, uh, this book, I was very, very excited when I saw the DK published it. Um, I reached out to them. They sent it to me. It's really, um, it's a really good book because it, it starts like, I mean, I, I'm not really good at writing reviews. Let me just start there. So if you, if it feels like I'm kind of all over the place, it's really because I'm giving you my honest feedback on it, but it's not structured. You know, I'm not a blogger, right? I'm a taka. So this book, what it does is that it really does address the, the, the psychological nature of stress because all of us look at stress, like it's a bad thing, but, um, and, and it can be. But the idea is that there's different kinds of, of stress, right? And there's different things that basically coincide with stress. So for example, this book um, talks about the differences between stress, um, fear, worry, and anxiety, like how they're all different things. Like, and, and actually, like as an example, right? I just wanted to pull this up in the book because they have this thing where it says fear, which is our untaught um, instinctive reactions you know, to a known threat. Uh, there's worry, which is repetitive and recurring thoughts, uh, sometimes an attempt to avoid more uncomfortable feelings, right? We worry about things that may or may not be usually uh, representing the past or the, the future. Then there's anxiety, which is unwarranted or excessive fear, especially about vague or unknown things, which is kind of what I get a lot. Um, and then there's, of course, the stress, which is stress is the uh, perceived inability to meet life's demands. So, the book does a really good job of helping to understand different types of stresses and differentiating between, believe it or not, bad stresses and good stresses. And you'd think, why is there, you know, what, what's, what's a good stress? Well, there's a lot of stresses that can actually, you know, a, um, become the catalysts for change. So if you feel stressed about something, it's actually a good way to provoke change. Um, they actually had a study in here that was talking about how, uh, they were testing, uh, stressful situations on rats and it actually creates new neural pathways. Um, cause the rats felt like they had to, to, to learn harder and faster. Um, so they actually stressed out these poor fucking lab rats and, uh, and it made their, their brains stronger. So basically by challenging their minds and creating stress in them, it, it made them smarter and, and more adaptable. So this book is not about, uh, eliminating stress. It's basically letting you know that stress is a real part of life and it's, it's how you manage the stress. The stress is going to be there. It's how you manage it. And can you turn it into something that inevitably makes you smarter, uh, and a stronger person. And it teaches you how to relate stress to the situation. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out because it's important, right? So it'll basically tell you that, you know, you're, you wouldn't feel stressed if you didn't give a shit about what was going on. So it teaches you to identify what's important about said situation for you and how to adapt to take the focus to what's really important about it and why not just like, it's got to be important to you. So what's important about it to you? Why does that matter? Like it's cool. It's basically giving you a lot of different tools and there's a lot, a lot, like I'm oversimplifying. Um, I'm not going to be able to, to, to 
relate an entire book to you, of course, in a, in a small review, as I say all the time, but the truth is if you are dealing with stress, um, if you feel overly stressed, get this book, it's, uh, it's really good. It's written by two doctors about just, and they're, they're, they're stress doctors. They're, they're not, you know, <laughs> they're not proctologists, <laughs> you know, they're full of shit just going, ah, eh, you know, stress eh, makes your colon all backed up, but it actually talks about the effects of stress on the body. Um, you know, as, as amongst many, many other things, I really wish I could give you guys a, a more structured review, but, uh, but I'm a simpleton and you guys know that, you know, you, you know, that I don't know what I'm doing, but I can tell you that it's, uh, there's even sections on it about, you know, can stress be good for you? Um, let me, let me, um, let me see if I can give you guys a better example. All right. I'm just trying to find it here. So there's like the, there's like this, this table that says only connect, right? And some of the examples in here, I found like, like just this particular table, I, I thought were like not stupid, but, um, maybe oversimplified, but again, at the same time, some, some of the visuals on here, like they'll have a big section with lots of literature and then they'll just have a little, like a little, um, abbreviated, you know, uh, table or picture for you. So give you a, give you a quick example. It'll say like the situation, then there's an ask yourself, how does this tie to something meaningful? And then how does this make uh, me like other people. So basically to relate. So when something happens, you feel stressed out, you know, it does sort of help to be like relatable to other people to go, Oh, it's not just me. There's uh there's a saying my old boss at Telus used to say, uh, a very, very long time ago when something bad happened, you know, and people just start to dwell on it, he would say it's, it feels a little blunt or cold, but it, it does help to look at it, you know, objectively. He goes, you're not the first, you're not the last, you're not the worst. You know, so it's just, no matter what's happening to you, you're not the first person to experience, you're not the last person who's going to experience and you didn't experience it the worst way. So, you know, you, you are, you've, you know, <laughs> I guess that's the way we're like, regardless, getting back to this little table as an example, it's saying the situation I've got tests coming up and I'm not sure I'll pass. So ask yourself, do I want to give up? Or is knowledge of this subject worth struggling for? Then how does this tie to something meaningful? The subject is something I really want to know about and will help in my career. So how does this make me like other people? Everyone feels tense when they take a test. So it's taking that stress and just as a small, just that one example of using those, those tools is just taking something, breaking it down and going, okay, naturally I feel the stress because of this, but I don't need to get overwhelmed in it, you know? And then of course it teaches teaches you how to do things with others. There's also things with, you know, like being at odds with other people in it, um, stress in relationships. Like it's a great book. It's a great, it's a great fucking book. What do I got to say? Go out there and fucking buy it. If you deal, if, you, if you're feeling stressed, why are you guys stressing me out with this? All right. It's a good book. Ask yourself, do I want to buy this book? <laughs> oh, yeah, I got to find that fucking table again. Let's, let's go through that with this book. All right. Let's do the fucking, the on, uh, only connect. All right. So what's the situation? You know, I want to buy this book. Ask yourself, do I really want to buy this book? Is the knowledge in this book worth struggling for? How does this tie to something meaningful? I don't want to feel stressed and I don't want to stress Josh out on his fucking podcast. All right. How does this make me like other people? None of us want to listen to Josh bitch on the fucking podcast. There you go. We just did the thing. So that's a, that's a perfect reason for you guys to go out and get stress. The psychology of managing pressure by my partners at DK books. And next week I will have another book to review. I'm very excited. I, uh, I haven't a hundred percent picked which one it is yet, but I think I know. Um, and it's gonna be so, something super nerdy and I don't give a fuck cause I'm really excited for it. So that's a coming up guys. All right. And that's, uh, that's all my partners. Thank you so much. DK Summersby absolute and uncle John's bathroom reader from portable press.com. Um, coming up this week, guys, taxes, Oh, taxes and more taxes. Um, 
Not a whole lot on my schedule, which is great. In fact, every day I'm going to be going to the gym, working on taxes and writing. All right. That's my goal this week. If I do those three things every single day, uh, some work towards them every single day, I'm gonna be very, very happy and proud of myself. And, uh, and I'm even, uh, I'm even Jersey showing it up, right? Gym taxes, writing. All right. Uh, I'm GTWing <laughs> such a fucking dork. Uh, GTW. That's it. What are you doing today? GTW, yo, gym taxes, writing. Um, <laughs> Uh, on Friday, I have a show in Avonmore, Ontario with my buddy, Jeff McKay. Uh, they have asked for us by name. I don't, I think I did that show years ago, but I'm excited to go back. I always have a good time doing shows where they actually know what they're getting into. When I come on Saturday, I'm doing a show in Quillon, Quebec, uh, with, uh, my, my good buddies, uh, Julian Dion and Matt Carter. I haven't seen Julian in a long time. Julian has a great, um, podcast called the JD comedy hour, which uh, him and I have been working for a long time, trying to get, uh, together to do those, uh, to, you know, do each other's podcasts. So hopefully being face to face for a little while, we can shoot the shit and figure out a time and hopefully have him on the podcast soon. Sunday, trying to put the writer's group back together. All right. Maybe this joke that I remember in the middle of the podcast will get written finally. And I'll be able to tell you guys how excited I am. Monday is my mom's birthday. Um, I'm very excited for her. She's gonna have a great day. Actually, uh, Turns out Crystal and her were talking and coordinating about uh, doing something fun together. So uh, she's going to have a great day. I'm very, very excited to her, uh, to her, for her. And uh, and that's it. What am I going to be doing on Monday? All right. I'm going to be GTWing. That's what I do. Uh, that's, that's it for now. Um, in terms of what's going on with me, I'm going to be working on my body, my health, my food intake, my gym, my writing, all the stuff that's important to me and getting these fucking TXs off my plate. All right. Uh, and that's, that's it. That's what's going on with me guys. Uh, as usual, it's time for me to read your emails. If you want to send an email, you know, to where to send it contact at one man podcast.com. I love getting them. I know you guys hear me say that every single week. Well, thank God that some of you are writing in because I enjoy reading your emails. My, uh, my email this week comes from my friend, Tiffany. Tiffany actually sent me two emails because she was behind on the podcast. She actually uh, sent me a text message too. When I was uh, working at the hot tub place. Mm. she was, uh, suggesting funny enough. And it's not actually, it's not half a bad idea about getting like one of those, uh, I guess not medicine balls, but exercise balls that you can just bounce on. And she was saying that like, why don't I get one of those balls, uh, that I can sit on while I'm recording the podcast. I can just sit here and bounce up and down. Like that wouldn't get distracting for you guys after a while. And I was just like, with my luck, like I'd have to make sure I got one weighted properly. Cause it would be like, it's good for up to 300 pounds. And I'm just under that. And I'd be sitting on it, bouncing up and down right in the middle of the fucking podcast. It'd be this giant gunshot sound. I'd fall to the fucking ground, whack my head on something. And it'd be the funniest thing in the world for you. And I, there's no way I would erase it. Cause that would be, that would be fucking hysterical, but just, just to have that out there, <laughs> that, that extra piece of embarrassment fucking fat kid pop fall. I don't know. Um, but we talked about that. So, so, Hey, I want you guys to email. What do you think? Should I fucking bounce up and down on a, on a exercise ball while I do the podcast? Would that add another level? You know, you guys can, can create a pool out there somewhere about what episode it's going to fucking pop. <laughs> Anyways, my, uh, Tiff sent me a couple of emails. I've amalgamated them into, uh, to one reading. So, uh, Tiff writes, Hey Josh, I'm catching up on your podcasts. The weeks are going so fast. It feels like every time I turn around, there's a new episode. Uh, there's no point in me asking how your Easter was because by the time you read this, you'll have already spoken about it. Ha ha. And you're absolutely right. So what to say spring has sprung and I'm not a green toad or whatever the hell kind of person by any means. I prefer the Tinkerbell method. I put a seed in a pot, grab a handful of dirt, 
in a fist and then blow. Bam, that's pixie dust. But seriously, I tried to uh, attempt the f from grocery store growing process. It interests me. Uh, I, when you say grocery store growing process, I assume you mean like you just, you buy something that's already partially grown and just trying to keep watering it, I guess. Um, it interests me. Hey, maybe I should look into DK for some garden or planting books. I absolutely recommend that. Uh, definitely go to their website, dk.com and I think slash Canada or whatever. Otherwise it should redirect you. But DK has tons of stuff on, uh, on growing and gardening, I believe, uh, Anyways, uh, how are you at growing plants? What have you grown? What are your pet peeves about it? Any funny stories? Um, I don't think I have any. Oh, okay. So uh, I tried to grow a garden at my mom's house years and years ago when she first bought the house. I think it was like 18 or 19. And I just dug up this big square part of land and I bought, you know, like everything you could think of. I bought, uh, I bought like lettuce, both, both iceberg and romaine, uh, carrots, uh, asparagus, uh, tomatoes, peppers, beans, peas. Uh, think, I think, I don't think turnips, but I definitely think potatoes. Um, long story short was just, I, I planted all these things and I, and I miracle growed them and I, you know, it watered them every day, but I really didn't realize how much the animals come and just fuck with your shit. And I mean, everything from bugs to squirrels to rabbits. Like I did not yield very many things from my garden. Um, like I was, I was taking like cups, like paper cups and you'd cut out the bottom, cut the sides. And the idea is like, you tuck those into the ground to keep like the little, I guess not carpenter beetles, but like cutter beetles and stuff from just chewing the stems off. Here's the thing too. I don't like peppers or tomatoes. I was growing them because other members of the household did like them. And I was just trying to grow something and, and create something. Um, but that was like the only shit that survived, you know, and these little like, you know, two inch carrots that were not even that thick. Like we're talking very thin. Like they would basically be two inches of like a, like a pencil, a school pencil. That's how thick and round they were. So it was like, it was so much work for like no reward. So I tried that. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's just the first fucking paragraph of your email. Why don't I, why don't I make it as long as possible? Um, pet peeves about it. I guess I've answered that. You said, I hate the whole zone thing. If I can't grow it in a pot from Dollarama, it ain't happening, but I admire those who can. Some gardens are amazing. And that arrangements show on Netflix piques some interesting ideas. When you say the zone thing, do you mean like some plants have to grow in a specific, you know, like a specific type of light or like oranges only grow where there's shitloads of uh, sun and heat? Like, is that what you mean? Um, but yeah, it can be frustrating. Like my, uh, my friend Patrick's, um, mom was uh, like a botanist and she would always give us really cool plants. And like, she would know exactly like, like when we were roommates, she knew exactly sort of what would work based on the lighting conditions that we had in our apartment. Whenever she gave us some really wicked plants. Um, anyways, hope you got some cool games from Easter. My Easter game story is I'm a thrift seeker. I'm as thrifty as shit and pride myself on the deals I seek out. I was about to pay $30 for a game. I have seen uh, sorry, I've been searching for for years called Outburst. It's a top 10 lists kind of game with the, this cool red plastic the cards slide into. Anyways, Amazon had it for $30. A week later, a lady was selling it for $20. I made some arrangements with her, but nothing final. I asked her to give me a day to work out Richie's schedule. Um, okay, I lied. I was going thrifting and figured I'd give it one final look. <laughs> Happy Easter to me and the kids. I searched through the traffic of sloths perusing the thrift store, and there it stood. Taped like an 80s child's gift uh, wrapped at Christmas, 
uh, box broken and corners bent. I ripped open the tape and all the pieces were there and in mint condition. Not only that, but my perfect little board game had a great price of $3. When I got to the cash, it was another 50% off. Well, shit, it made my Easter. What is the best price you ever found on a game? Um, I don't really search them out all that often. I'm a little reluctant to buy used games. Um, a friend of mine uh, was asking... Was it a friend? Of, I can't remember who the fuck it was. Sometimes I was like, a person was asking me and then I forgot who it was. Um, people like laugh because I sleeve the games. I've told you guys about that. I put them in like, like these protective sleeves in case somebody spills something on them or whatever. But uh, there's games where like, especially like that werewolf one I was telling you about where we were playing with Aaron is if, if a card gets bent or something like that and there's like a ripple, like let's say a dog-eared corner. Um, if, if you're playing a game where your identity is on that card or what you have is, is on that card and that card is marked in a way that you can recognize, like you look at it and you, you know what that card is, even though you can't see the picture on it, it's bent. So a lot of games that I like to play, um, you don't want things that have got some sort of marking that identifies what they are, because then everybody knows what you have, or at least, at least I would know. And that would make it less fun for me. So, um, I'm a little apprehensive about buying used games for that reason, you know, obviously something like sorry or whatever, but even, even if you were playing sorry, you know, if you got a card with a marked corner, you, you know, oh shit, that's that seven. So you know what you have, but then again, you, you don't really have a choice. You're flipping that card anyways. Um, but ones where you're trying to bluff or whatever, you know, uh, it, if you know what it is, like you're playing poker and you got a fucking ace with a dog. Everyone's going to know what that is after a few hands. Right. So anyways, um, I, I have found really good prices though. I will say this in terms of finding good prices on board games, there are two really good websites that were introduced to me by both my brother and uh, my friend, Chris, that's uh 401 games.ca and uh, boardgamebliss.com. Those are two really great websites where, you know, you'll find something on Amazon. That's like a 30, $40 card game. Uh, if you go to those sites, you'll find it for, you know, 10 or 11. So Really, uh, really good, uh, good game site there. You said, uh, so thanks again, Chris, for your wonderful email to the one man podcast full of great input and Jesus, you put us all to shame with your high end emails. And I agree with Josh. Keep writing in always nice to hear Josh read your stuff. PS. I love the name onesies. Uh, and then you wrote uh, singletons question mark. So I've added that Tiffany has suggested singletons. We've got onesies, maniacs, singletons, and Jerry's, um, Kamar Abar, she says, so she must've heard Kamar Babar and thought it was Amar or Abar, sorry, Kamar Abar sounds like a snack bar. Interesting story about Cuba. Uh, but why have you on the show when Josh can be the star and read what you want, what you want to say? Uh, do you just like hearing yourself talk? Try trying to steal the show, some roomy rivalry. Haha, <laughs> Just kidding. Can I top your Cuba story? Probably not. But from my hubby's perspective, maybe. So I'm not a wonderful writer, but I'll try to to do this from my hum hubby's perspective. Let me just say I was one hell of a crazy bitch back then. Don't worry. He knew what he was marrying, but I had a dark side filled with a lot of mental issues uh, that were all just coming to light. Now add some family issues and our wedding in the, into the mix. Uh, things got bad. In my defense, we have dealt with 90% of it and are still happily married after eight years. I'm trying so hard to justify my action, possibly lingering guilt. Ha ha. So on our honeymoon in Cuba, I was very dehydrated. The water was so salty that the only way I could drink it was to get boiled water and leave it in my room. It was beautiful like every other resort with the food, sun, and sand. We did all the token just married photos. Looking back, lol, how silly. We were total losers, haha. So to set the scene, imagine a husband who paid for this vacation, worked hard for it, loved his wife, tried to give her all he could. Uh, having a great dinner, it gets late, and you tell your wife you're going to get uh, some drinks. 
You come back to your crazy bitch wife who had half long hair, now chopped into a pixie cut with a razor blade. She turns and says, isn't it pretty? How mortifying. I just opened a lifetime of what the fucks. You end up fighting and she runs off in Cuba. <laughs> she runs off in Cuba. Um, finally, she's found. You both return happy in Canada. I just wanted to say, like, there seems like so much of that story that she comes back in. Because basically, you guys are having a good time. It sounds like you got drunk, and then you come back in and you start cutting your hair. You're like, my pixie hair, isn't it? And I probably freaked them out. But the fact that you're like, runs off in Cuba. Eventually, she's found. We return home happy to, to Canada. I want, where the fuck did you go? Like, did you run off into the populace of Cuba or were you just lost on your resort? And, and you're saying that from his perspective, like she's lost and eventually found, where did you go? What happened to you? That's almost like the plot of Taken at one point, just a bad couples fight. And then the next thing you know, well, we found her and we go back to, ha to Canada. So that was just funny. You're just like, I feel bad for my hubby at the time looking back. What a brave soul. I love that man. It took a lot of years to live it down. Now we laugh. I'm no longer that person, nor am I some overly medicated person. Let's just say I cracked under lots of personal pressure. Anyways, not my point. My point is, I think in some ways it may top your story. Uh, <laughs> a horrified hubby. Uh, sorry for the second email, Josh, but I was behind in episodes until next time. Yeah, no worries. Tiffany, thank you so much for, for writing in a lot of really cool things to, uh, to talk about. I've been telling myself lately when I start the episodes that I want to get them done. I'm like, if I can make it under an hour, that would be great. But, uh, but I get to rambling and, um, you know, you guys are still listening. So, so thank you. And I hope that, that even though they're long episodes, they're still of interest to you guys. So, um, to all of you, uh, please feel free to send an email. Just give me, uh, you know, give me your, your feedback on how your Easter went. Tell me some stuff that you're excited about or working on, you know, the same shit I plug all the time. Contact at one man podcast.com. Um, you know, and guys, we're on, uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. So just look for one man podcast on those and, uh, and feel free to connect because I post little, uh, extra things for you guys on there. Um, and as always, thank you to my sponsors, of course, uh, Summersby, Absolute Comedy, PortablePress.com, and of course, DK Books. I always appreciate the fact that you guys are out there, and I look forward to some fun, exciting stories for you coming up in the next episode. We're, we're getting close to 50 episodes, guys. We've been in it a long time. Thanks for being there. I look forward to speaking to you yet again next week. Until then, be good. Be good.